Hop on board. It's time for another trip with the biker to the rabbi. Hey, I'm the biker. Join me and the rabbi as we explore part five in our series about Yosef and what can be learned from studying his life and challenges. It's all about reaching deep inside and finding your higher self. Huh. Maybe this guy can help. Hey, uh, got a minute? Hey, listen, leather guy, I'm in the middle of a very important chant here. Can it wait? Actually, no, not really. <sighs> this is upsetting. You know, a yogi can only bear so much. Uh-huh, yeah, well, sorry for the boo-boo, buddy, but I was wondering, what brought you up here? A big airplane about five years ago. Uh-huh, okay, it's gonna be like that, isn't it? You asked. Why are you here? The better question is, why are you here? We're 10,000 feet up, there's snow on the ground, not a McDonald's in sight, and this isn't exactly a bed and breakfast location. Well, you're the yogi. You're up here trying to find a higher purpose, a higher self, right? Yeah, something like that. Is it working? Would I still be here if it wasn't? Is. It. Working. Uh, any chance I can catch a ride down off this mountain with you? <laughs> That's what I came here to find out. You spend all that time sitting and chanting and contemplating and humming and all with one goal in mind. To try and discover a higher meaning in life. Well, that, and to support my webpage, yogionthehill.com. I've got a lot of cool merch there, and it all helps make me a happier yogi. Uh-huh, yeah. So have you reached a higher understanding? Truthfully, no. And it's getting a little depressing. I could really use a Big Mac. Uh-huh. So what if I told you that a guy who lived, oh, say around 4,000 years ago, knew how to achieve a higher self. And even he had to try really hard to reach that stage. Uh, uh, what mountain did he climb? None. But he was trapped in a pit full of snakes and scorpions, sold as a slave, seduced by his master's wife, which got him chucked into jail for a long time, if that helps you with any perspective. Bottom line, it wasn't easy. No mountains, no cool slippers and robe and chanting stuff that really makes very little sense. Yeah, no, none of that. His success came the old-fashioned way. He trusted in God and looked deep into himself to find strength. He reached a higher self the hard way. I'd say we could talk more about it over a Starbucks or something, but uh, can we get off this mountain first, please? Yeah, that's a good idea. I think so, yeah. So stop what you're doing. It wouldn't hurt you to listen a little. So you see, it's not that easy finding a higher self, a, a higher purpose. If you haven't been preparing for it, like Yosef was, it's that much more difficult. Just because you remove yourself from civilization on a mountaintop and chant a lot doesn't mean you're going to get anywhere. No, true discovery comes from something a bit more complicated. Yosef shows us that. Right now, we're at a critical point of examining Yosef's life and influence. Potiphar's wife is not going away. She's making every day more and more difficult because she is consumed with a prophecy that allowed her to see Yosef's children 
coming from her. Well, right gene pool, wrong person. But she didn't know that at the time. Yosef is strong and committed, but some temptations are just too great. Yosef's defenses begin to weaken. Welcome back to The Biker and the Rabbi. I'm the biker, he's the rabbi. And when we last left Yosef, he was about to fail. This sure is a tough one, isn't it, Rabbi Halpern? I think so. But first, let's review what we've learned about Joseph so far. Okay. Sold into slavery at 17, yet with a combination of ambition and focus, manages to find his way to the top job with Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's most trusted officials. Then Potiphar's wife hears a prophecy and goes all in to try and seduce him. Good. So Joseph's power of focus was incredible, and he managed to hold her at bay. He knew where he should be expending his energy, but equally important, he knew where he should not be, the not being Mrs. Potiphar. Okay, so Yosef is ready to give in. How'd that happen? He's Focus Incorporated, isn't he? Well, it's a combination of factors, from constant pressure to her knowledge that there's a child coming from their combined gene pool. That paved the way for Joseph to think hard about this moment. Sounds to me like a volcano about to erupt. It was. With his incredible intellect compromised, the world of fantasy beckoned. Now it's Yosef the Dreamer we're discussing. Indeed, the focus Joseph had so carefully cultivated had been shattered. Truth is, the most talented practitioners of focus are easily overwhelmed by a situation like this. Sure, it's best to avoid the situation in the first place, but Joseph had no choice. Okay, okay, so let's bring this home for a minute. You remember the marshmallow test? You know, the one where you put a child and a marshmallow at a table and tell them if they don't eat the marshmallow for five minutes, they get a marshmallow plus another treat? Then you leave the room? Yep, I get an F-minus several times a day. Oh, cut yourself some slack, Rabbi. Anyway, when temptation screams, we're temporarily incapable of seeing beyond it. So the question remains, what did Yosef find inside that helped him overcome his desires? And the simple answer is, Joseph had so perfected and purified his inner dreams that even when his intellect is disabled, what he sees is the image of his father Jacob. Oh, hold on, partner. He hasn't been near his father in how long? Years. So, was this a dream, a vision, a prophecy? And what's this got to do with most everyday guys and gals who aren't walking around having visions like that? Patience, Mr. Biker. Let's try and unpack this just a bit more. This is a big suitcase. Ready? Okay, it's like this. In the heat of the Potifar wife challenge, a really grown-up marshmallow test, Joseph sees the image of his father. Svas MS explains that this was really the image of Joseph himself. Because Yaakov and Yosef looked alike? Exactly right. Wow, that would bring him down to earth quickly. Joseph was a continuation of Jacob's spiritual essence. So what he was seeing was his own higher self, the spiritual representation of his soul. So, he's getting a grip on himself, right? I mean, I'm rooting for the guy. The image reminded Joseph not only of his future, but who he was today. His higher self begged him to not weaken. It made him realize it would distance him almost irreparably from realizing his deepest dreams. 
And we're not talking idle dreams, we're talking dreams that would unearth his best self. Okay, okay, not to be a nag, but how does this relate to me? I don't ever recall myself or anyone I've ever ridden with having visions at moments of crisis. Good point, so try this. When we are pushed against the wall and we cave, we discover our weakness. But when we push back, we uncover strength to meet the moment head on. That is coming face to face with our most authentic and strongest self. So for some, it might be a moral challenge. For others, a job or college interview or the need to confront someone. In that case, your boring old self isn't going to cut it. Something more is required. Let me share a story that backs this idea up a bit. Sure, I could use all the backup I can get. Dr. Amy Cuddy, a Harvard social psychologist, is known for a TED Talk on the mind-body connection and the influence of posture on performance. Mind, body, posture, sounds like a chiropractor. Stay with me, Biker. Backed by significant research, she illustrates how our body can message and manage our brains. Wait a sec. Last time, didn't we just speak about how there are no shortcuts to success? Right, but there are some pretty powerful tools in our arsenal. The way we sit or stand, smile or frown, or even hold our arms can alter our self-confidence. So, what's the story you mentioned? Dr. Cuddy discusses Kristen and how she managed to not only stand up to sexual harassment through accessing her inner power, but actually rebuked her oppressor in such a way that touched his heart. Serious? Changed her life, changed his too. She tapped her own inner power, and as she confronted her harasser, She felt strong and compassionate at the same time. How hard was all that? Empowering, I'm sure. Terrifying as well. But she felt the words flowing from her mouth were divine. Embodying her own higher self. She was changing, bringing her today's self to a higher, better, more powerful place. Just like Yosef. Exactly. But here's the part that's so important. Not only did it change her... When she focused on her inner strength, she changed her boss as well. Okay, so this isn't just a Yosef thing. It's it's real. It happens. And it's quite a remarkable feat for someone living the life of a victim just the day before. Someone who went from weakness to strength in a day and doing it by tapping into her inner strength, realizing she was greater and stronger than her weak-hearted employer. This story beautifully illustrates the ability that we all have to align ourselves with our higher self. Tapping into our inner fortress of strength, we don't become aggressive and arrogant. We become our best and truest selves. You know what I get out of all this? No, what? You gotta ride your ride. In English, please, biker. Others can only harm our lower self, our ego. But our higher self is beyond approach. It can't be bullied. I love the concept. So, Rabbi, can you sum it all up for us? Each of us has a divine spark, not just Joseph. And we can tap into this higher self at moments of great crisis. Not with the power of ego, but with realizing that we're greater than the daily abuses we endure. Whether it's others who inflict the abuse upon us, or it's self-inflicted. Thanks for being here today. I'll get your coat. It's time to go. Wow. So inner greatness is in every one of us. And tapping yours 
starts with a simple belief that you can. Amazing. Yeah, well, that about wraps up another podcast. It's great to have you with us. We'd like to request two things from you. First, if you like, please pass these along to friends and anyone you feel might enjoy the content. Second, if you have questions you'd like answered, or you just want to learn more, reach out to our recorded line at 303-820-2855. Kolel Rabbis will be happy to answer any questions these podcasts bring up. And, as always, a huge thanks to the Denver Kolel for their support and the access to their resources. If you wish to support them in any way, visit their website at denverkolel.org. Kolel, spelled K-O-L-L-E-L. On our next podcast, we'll tackle the final segment in our study of the life of Yosef and how his life lessons really do resonate today. Please join us. I'm the Biker. For Rabbi Alpern, thank you and God bless. <laughs>